0: Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Have another wonderful episode lined up for you this week. I had the chance to speak with Tony Hazel, and the really interesting thing about Tony is he very much integrates his spiritual beliefs into the artwork that he's created, and his spiritual beliefs are really diverse. He spent a lot of time exploring numerous religions and philosophies to come up with his own sort of practice and he has really found a sort of spark in doing that that he's brought to his artwork so i think you're really going to enjoy hearing him talk all about that and he's undergone a really interesting and difficult life journey as well to get to the place that he's at right now. So it's a really inspiring story, too. So really excited to share that one with you. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my weekly Art Off the Air column right here at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. And you can catch my Sunday columns in the lifestyle section. Last week, I had the chance to speak with Jim Bailey about his exhibition, Interpretive Woodworking, over at the Sentient Bean, as well as John Field at Sulphur Studios On View Residency Space about the Desiring Machine, his current project, a project that he is reaching out to the local community to help produce. So catch both of those again, savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section for all of the writing that I do for the Savannah Morning News. Let's get into this week's interview. Again, Tony Hazel talking about his spiritual background, his artistic practice, and how he overcame the challenges of a strict upbringing to find his voice. Enjoy. (music) Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes, and I'm speaking by Zoom with Tony Hazel. And Tony, you know, I want to dive right in, but this is one of those cool moments where, you know, just looking through social media, first on Facebook and then on Instagram, I found found your work and really have fallen in love with it. But for those who might not be familiar with your work, how would you categorize it? Because I do think it has some references to our history that are pretty obvious to me, but I just kind of want to get it in your own words. What? You, how would you categorize your artwork?
1: Well, if I had to categorize my work, I would say, this is an old term that I used back in 2019 for my work until now, but I'm going to use it, abstract spiritism. I would call it abstract spiritism.
0: I like that term. I mean, what... I noticed that you use some spiritual elements in your work, some references in there. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Maybe we can kind of dive into the, to where that comes from, because obviously you're integrating that sort of spiritual component into your artwork. What does that mean? Where does that come from personally for you?
1: I think it's from my upbringing, you know, like, like many Americans, I came from a Judeo Christian background in the beginning of my life. But um, as I started to self-explore, I started to realize that I wanted to explore deeper into who I was, that Mm -hmm. perhaps at the time, that kind of world could not give me. And I started getting into esotericism. Um, I was experimenting with Wicca. I started to look into Eastern philosophy, like yoga, Advaita, Vandanta, I was part of Hare Krishnas for a while, I started to experiment with, with Buddhism, um, especially Nichiren Buddhism, like nam myoho renge I was part of that for a while, and I started to realize, especially now, as I say in Hermeticism, that I believe that when I mean by abstract spiritism, I mean that it's about you, you are the foundation of your spiritual reality, And I think every single religion or spiritual philosophy is about that. It's about bringing what's inside of you, that's God, and manifesting it into the world. And I think that's the best way I can explain what abstract spiritism is now for me. Because I didn't understand how to define it myself in the beginning, especially when I found that term. But as I started to experiment, and especially after these past two years, I started to realize that it... It's not some religion it's not even a philosophy it's just a way of being with art
0: I love that I love to hear you say that because I mean first of all what an incredible journey that you've been on just of exploration in terms of your in charge of your spiritual journey I love that marriage of your visual practice and that spiritual journey, because even just, you know, even just like scrolling through your Instagram or just looking at the artwork that you've kind of put out there in public thus far is that you can kind of see even bits and pieces of that um, in your artwork. I wonder how those two things did go hand in hand. Like what kind of, where did you start? Cause you, you talked about being raised in a Judeo-Christian background. What was your original, like, artistic background? What was, what what kind of things were you studying and exploring, like, originally artistically?
1: Oh, that's easy. I wanted to be a cartoonist. Oh, really? Okay. Talk about that. Uh, Oh, good grief. Um, And (laughs) go back and forth with sometimes, you know, because, you know, childhood dream. I started drawing seriously, if that's the correct term to put it, was when I was in middle school. And I was really, you know, as a child, I was interested in manga and anime. So Naruto was my thing. Mm -hmm. And other um, anime like that was my interest. Case closed, One Piece. But raised in that world I mentioned before, the Judeo-Christian world, and particularly my branch, there was a lot of limitations. And I remember in my household that spirituality was a high, high priority. So that meant I would have to sacrifice watching or seeing things that maybe most children were able, were able to see. Like I couldn't wa- watch certain cartoons. I couldn't watch certain, read certain books. I couldn't even read Harry Potter at one point when I was younger because in that background, there was only one way to be, and you had to stick with that. So cartooning was my way to escape. It was a form of escapism because I could make my characters. I can make worlds. I can make anything with cartooning. And I wanted to go into comics. So since middle school, I focused on that hyperactively. I uh, went through middle school, high school, and even up to college level wanting to work with comics and become an independent comic uh, maker. But uh, things changed as you grow as as i exper- experience experienced other spiritual lifestyles and especially trying to understand myself that had definitely had a breaking point in 2015 when i would call it my darkest period with my art i went through a lot emotionally and mentally and even spiritually to the point where i lost that spark in my okay heart. and that was the point where i was like okay Nothing's been working before, and I don't understand myself. How on earth can I start doing this? And from there, that's when I believe I started transitioning, even till now, going for someone that wanted to be a cartoonist all their life to becoming a painter, becoming someone that expressed their inner world, not by a commercial means, but as a spiritual catharsis. And I wouldn't start getting into this until 2019, after I graduated from college. I read this wonderful book called The Artist Way. Oh, yeah.
0: Great, really yeah. great book. Yeah, great book.
1: And that it was because of that book that my journey as a painter began. And through this book, I met my mentor, Lisa Rosemeyer, fantastic painter,
0: fantastic artist. One of my close friends, actually, in the art world. She, she, she is
1: phenomenal. 2019, as soon as I went to her, she just took my hand and just showed me all the ropes. And I cannot be any more indebted to her because that is, this was a foreign world to me. Because before, I thought that the fine arts world was forbidden for me. I thought that I had to be commercial in order to make it as an artist. But she told me that's not the case. As long as you're honest to yourself, as long as you be yourself and you express your world the way you want to yourself people will respect that and they'll own it. And I still to this day talk to her and ask for advice and she's been my foundation in everything. So from beginning of being a cartoonist in a Judeo-Christian world, having these limitations, to me breaking out of that pot, especially after my coming out process and going through my dark period, it really, really challenged me to start challenging my worldview and my concepts and that's what led me to my spiritual journey the very first spiritual book that i read was bhagavad-gita and my god that book's phenomenal so I, <laughs> I i suggest anyone that wants to start their journey especially into eastern philosophy the gita is top notch and then when i realized that perhaps this wasn't the space guess what i can move on and i went into the lotus sutra and that's how i got into in buddhism i started studying that philosophy and Later um, on, I circled back to esotericism in Wicca. Uh, right now, one of my favorite books I'm reading is The Way of Hermes. Okay. The proper term is Corpus Hermeticum, but literally it's, to me, if this is the best way to describe it in a, in a short amount of time, I consider it the Bhagavad Gita of the West. This is a very, very Western esoteric book, and it's phenomenal. I I think it's equal to that of the Gita, and like I said, these philosophies just made me realize that in the end, I'm the temple that can manifest what I want. And my art should reflect that. It should feel like the stained glass you would see in a church or the, what in, what in uh, some Eastern religions call a murti, a statue that you would see of the gods. And Hermeticism, it's here. And so I started realizing I need to express my world better through this art
0: there's two directions I want to go with this because I want to get back to the cartooning because I and and comics because I do feel like I want to talk about how that relates to your current work because I do see some of that storytelling element and illustration yeah. elements in there that I really love but I want to kind of just go back to this because you mentioned coming out and then you mentioned growing up in a really restrictive religious environment and I really find it kind of be sort of fascinating because I mean, I think that that it's pretty common knowledge that restrictive religion and, you know, the LGBTQ plus community and all that, they don't generally mix very well. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of curious how, you know, and you, I think that it, it's, you know, in listening to you talk about your journey through spirituality, you've obviously found that space within yourself. But I wonder kind of too, like how has your, family and also your personal community how have they reacted to this have you felt that you've had to go on this journey alone or do you feel that you had support as well because this is kind of a I mean those are really big deal things moving from a restrictive religion being willing to come to grips with yourself I mean how do those things and and who you are was there conflict was there was there support how would you describe that
1: me coming out I would say i say 2015 was my dark time, but me coming out, that was the beginning of my self-discovery. I think a lot of LGBT youth and even older LGBT people and parts of my community can relate to that. Most of their self-discovery starts when they finally come out of the closet. And for me, that was the same case when I was 16. I... I don't even know how to describe it because it's actually almost, it's been over a decade now since my coming out. I came out back in 2010 when I was in high school.
0: I'm mostly I'm kind of curious about how, in the sense that, you know, you come out and you start on this spiritual journey, which is, which is not the same type of spirituality that your family practices. And I wonder just in general, like, what was the response to your, when I say community, I mean, like your community of friends, family, the people that were surround you. I mean, what was that like? Because, I mean, I don't think like every young person has to go through that. I mean, I'll say like for me, you know, my parents weren't exactly into me being an artist, but at the same time, you know, like I'm a white dude growing up in a middle-class family. It wasn't really like, I don't have a lot of those like stressors, you know, from just having to realize internally that I've got a, my path, my family my life the things that brought me up are just so in contrast to how i feel inside so i'm sort of curious like what was the response and like do you feel like you had to make that journey on your own or do you feel like you had like support
1: i definitely had support um, i was lucky enough to move to savannah when i came out and i went to a very progressive high school so i had a lot of friends around me that basically sheltered me from the impact on my family had around my sexuality um, it was my family I more had a problem with it than my friends my friends didn't care they were very like I said they were right. very progressive. they didn't care about stuff like that they were very very intelligent people and because of that I had a cushion for the impact that would happen when I came out because even though I had friends around me that helped me through this journey in a way, I was alone with it because I still had that mental clasp of spirituality that really rigged me, even though mm-hmm. I came out. I You know, even though you take that first journey to that, that doesn't mean that you get away from what you were taught. Right. So there's a lot of learning that's involved. There's a lot of stuff up in here that you preconceived about yourself that you had to let go not just on a spiritual level, but also on a mental level. Like when I came out, I felt like that was nothing. Mm. I didn't feel like I was worth anything. Even after coming out, I still had to struggle with that. Because, you know, all my life I'm taught there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. I got to fix it. There's something wrong with me. If I don't fix it, then I'm a loser or I'm a failure. So having that very restrictive Judeo-Christian background of sin and that since you're a sinner, you're basically dirt and you have to find a way to cleanse yourself. Because especially with purity culture, that emanates through that kind of
0: world. (laughs) Right. And
1: and that being a biracial homosexual and coming from two different cultures, one that's European and one that's African-American, that also was a very very conflicting time for me because I had to present myself as a strong black man. And I wasn't, I was a feminine. I, I was interested in things that were girly. I was interested in things that some would say was not Afrocentric. So with that and also the spiritual side of it, those two things really hit me. And I think the only two things that got me through it was my progressive friends who helped me at a time where I can think for myself, but also my spiritual truth at that time, which was this one mantra that I could only tell myself after getting out of that faith was that God is the God of truth.
0: It doesn't matter what
1: book it is, it doesn't matter what scripture it is. It doesn't matter what's written and what's not written. They're the only ones that know the truth and anything else that is, beyond truth itself that's not that's not them
0: oh uh, that's really well said you know it's really it's it's interesting because i was brought up catholic and um, we'll get into why i'm asking you all these questions because i it does relate to your art and i want to i want to talk about that but one of the things you know is i was brought up catholic and i'm no longer catholic but i'm actually very spiritual and you mentioned how you still hold on to those you know there's something in there that core from those beliefs and It's interesting, like to disentangle those things, which didn't work with my own personal beliefs, but then also you do get the benefit to a certain extent of like understanding prayer and meditation and communion with God and things like that, that I think that once you can disentangle all of the kind of negative aspects of a stricter religion there is something positive that you can be drawn from it so i think that that's really interesting in hearing oh. you kind of describe that oh i
1: 100 percent agree i'm still i'm still disentangling because you know spirituality is a process
0: that's for sure, it's for a sure.
1: Journey. i'm still on it i'm still trying to understand it myself but um I, and i agree that's actually how i go about it because no matter what religion it is even the most restrictive ones that i've been in there is a certain amount of beauty in them, because there's an energy about the community there, and an energy mm. about their faith that is so intoxicating and it's beautiful, because you see a group of people coming together and using all their energy to focus on this one thing that is bigger than them, and you can't help but be in awe by that. Um, if I went to if I went to um, the cathedral right now in downtown Savannah. I would find just as much beauty and so much awe as I would in a Hindu temple or, or like the one that I went to in Atlanta, the BFBS Swaminarian temple. I, I find the same energy in that. And as I've gone along with my journey, I find the same place in the forests or in the trees or in the park that I go to now. And I think that's why I was meant to be an artist. I always thought it was just so, when I was growing up in that restrictive circle, I was so annoyed because I couldn't enjoy what other kids could. Like, you know, if someone wanted to go watch Harry Potter, I couldn't do that. If someone wanted to play Pokemon, I couldn't do that. So it's like, oh God, what (laughs) else can I do? (laughs) Especially middle school. I I believe that in middle school, if I was in a secular background, I would have been goth or emo. (laughs) i can't do those things but i can read revelations
0: (laughs) oh that's so funny that is so funny you know it's so i want to i want to move back to the present because yes the reason why i brought up all this and people you know maybe out there are like what is what is what is he talking about here maybe even you are like that we're getting into this stuff but one of the reason why i wanted to bring up all this stuff is because i look at your work and there's I, i think many people would note the spiritual components of it like it has images that maybe kind of connect to those ideas and I think lots of people can kind of see that but I also noticed something to me when looking at your work that there is a deeply personal component it's not just about like a faith and there are often you know the figures are often expressing powerful emotions Um, they're often intermingling, like there's kind of they're abstracted figures, but they're often like connected, and there are like kind of multiple faces of a similar of a single being, and there's lots of those kind of things, and they're really deeply personal. So I wanted to bring up all of that stuff because I think it relates to what is going on right now, because I think you have gone through a lot personally and then also your spiritual journey. And so let's talk about that because I mentioned how you know, you mentioned cartooning and, and yep. illustrate and, and doing like comics and stuff like that. And I do feel like your work, even though it's not precisely that, that it has its sort of same, similar storytelling element to it. Like I look yep. at it and I'm like, what's the story here? So talk about that if you would. I'm
1: actually, you mentioned that, um, cartooning, especially in my younger years, I studied everything I could about that. So narration has been the forefront of my work. I have to tell a story of some kind with it, even in an abstract way. I feel like even in the most vaguest way, you make a narration out of that, people can take something from it. And I learned that earlier on with comics. I feel that comics still at this day and age has a bad rap, especially in its realm in art. But I think that it was because of that that it allowed me to learn how to tell my own stories. So when I was in high school up till now I was re- learning from the popular books of the time, like Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics and Making Comics. I was studying that. Um, I still have to this day um, these two wonderful books called, uh, I think, Writing Pictures. And uh, I'm so sorry, I can't even think of the word, right, the name right now. But Mastering Comics is one of their other books. So. I learned a lot about how to form a, a narrative with images. And when I went to scout for a brief period and also was studying on my own, I learned about gesture drawing because it was important to tell the story with the body. I uh, had to learn how to draw the figure in a certain way. I had to learn what, even the most fundamental things, like you, you think that a square and a circle and a triangle is just a square and a circle and a triangle. No. You have to uh, No, I had to learn what, meaning for me at least personally, I had to learn what that meant. A square and a triangle and a circle is not just that. There's meaning behind it. Square can mean strength. Triangle may mean suffering. A circle can mean completion. So I study symbolisms and that too. And I used what I learned from cartooning, which is narrative, sequential art, and how to formulate images to express your story into fine art and i think one of the biggest people that taught me how to do that was Helma off and i've mentioned her before many uh, uh, times because she's equal to my mentor and that Hilma taught me how to be an artist i had inspiration but she taught me that even the most abstract things can have a story behind them like if you look at her work my god like you know there's some story behind it, but it's just so above your head. You can't help but look at it further. So I hope that answers the question. It does.
0: No, it does. I, I, I love, I mean, I think that's, it is fascinating because I've spoken to a number of artists and I, I, I wonder sometimes, I don't want to make full-on judgments about something that is happening in the zeitgeist based on just anecdotal experiences. But yeah. I will say, I have started to notice that there is a bit of a trend amongst artists who were interested in comics. And I think a lot of like, you know, from my generation, I'm a little older than you, but you know, from my generation into your generation, I'm a zennial, So like, you know, oh. my generation into your generation is, was influenced heavily by comics and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, there are a lot of artists who go in for studying comics or cartoons, things like that, but then move into a fine arts realm. But that is always still in there. And I understand that too, because like, I'm not an illustrator. Like I didn't go to school for illustration, Mm -hmm. but I always feel this necessity with whatever work I make to like tell a story. Like, and I think that that comes Mm -hmm. from, My art experience, my art exposure growing up was really based in comics, like there was always a story, it was the art, it was art, but then it, it always had a story like there was always like, well what is, it's not just the picture it's like what is, what is it telling me. And how does that image, and you know, like the best comic book artists are always the ones who are like, the image and the words are so perfectly matched, almost a lot of time, you don't even need to necessarily read the words, because you can see the image is telling you the entirety of the story. And I love that about yeah. your work. I mean, I think it requires some effort on the part of the viewer, because you're using a lot of symbolism, and you're referencing specific stories um, in various various religions and various you know coming from various sources that are not everybody's going to know but I do think that the images are kind of universal and like people can connect with them like I don't know necessarily the stories in some of the works that you know if you look on your on your Facebook page or on your Instagram or on your your website which is in progress right now and you look at those things like I can feel like a connection to the works even if I don't know the story so Talk a little bit about that, if you could, because you are are bringing in like detailed stories, but also you're kind of allowing the viewer to bring their own stories to it.
1: Yeah. Um, if there's one mission or goal I feel like that I was meant to do. It's definitely have some kind of universality for people to connect with. I'm so glad you said that because um, especially my earlier work, the uh, Manifesting Peace and Joy series, I really challenged myself to find ways to use symbolism to heal people in general. They didn't have to know (sighs) the spiritual philosophies I was understanding at the time. I just wanted to give them something that they can focus on and affirm within themselves that joy and peace. So universality and unity and diversity is like one of my biggest goals when it comes to my art. In fact, that's why I study so much. It's not only for my benefits, for other people's benefits, too, because I want to create art that anyone, no matter who their background is, you can be from the top of the top, the creme of the creme, or you can be from, you know, the everyday person. Both can look at my work and see themselves in it. And that's why I want, especially from my background, because I've mentioned before that I came from two backgrounds. I'm biracial. I come from a European background particularly a Spaniard-Belgian background. Mm. And I come from a very Southern African-American life.
0: Wow, what a contrast.
1: Uh, tell, <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. So uh, growing up, I saw those two worlds always going at each other. And especially now in our society today, I keep seeing that. And as I was growing up and seeing this in a secular world, Outside of just spiritual, just the secular world, just seeing this continuously, I just keep asking myself continuously, why is it that we're not finding commonality or some kind of way to find commonality among these differences? Why are we separating ourselves when we can integrate? Why are we not studying each other's cultures and exchanging it to find something that's pure and beautiful among the diversity? And so... Coming from that background, physically, as I call it, I I, I look I look at my life into three realm, realms. I call it. I see the physical realm, which is this mm-hmm. my uh, my my skin tone, my sexuality, my perhaps cultural background, if I can say I do. I do have a cultural background. Let me rephrase that. I do have a cultural background. That's the physical. Mental, that's my mental health. Mm-hmm. It's about what I'm seeing, what I'm visualizing, the pros and cons of all of that. And then there's the spiritual. I feel like all three of those have to be balanced out in order to have a healthy life. And so as I look around me, I'm like, what can I do to help with all three realms? Because obviously at the moment, there's nothing like this going on. People are scared to research or learn other things on their own because they feel like someone's going to be insulting the other and yeah. no communication. And I know some people may say, oh, well, what right do you have to say that? And I believe my right is because I'm human first and foremost, and so are they. So I have room to say anything. The second is is that I come from a multicultural background, and I see both the pros of when it's exchanged and cons of when it's miscommunicated and when it bows each other. And I feel that in order to, for me, to remedy this, I had to find a universality in everything. Mm. I had to, I had to put myself out there in order for me to understand these challenges. Like especially when I started my my major spiritual journey in 2015, I went to a lot of places where most would be afraid to go. I went to a Hindu temple and I was the only biracial brown person there.
0: Really? Versus, That's interesting.
1: Well, versus Hindus and Indians, I was a really
0: black
1: European person there. I had to go into that world so I could understand what it was that I wanted to see in in my spiritual life and my, not only that, but also my mental life and my physical life. I had to do that. I was Catholic at one point. I was Episcopal at one point. I had to go into those realms so I could understand it. Especially when I started studying Buddhism and other faiths, I had to go into that world to understand it. So that I could understand what brought us together. And it goes beyond that. I studied human evolution. I love anthropology. I still have my history books from school. I study all the time our mm. evolution. Because I believe wholeheartedly is a common ground for everything. And I think it's time for people to start experimenting with that. And challenging themselves to understand that.
0: Beautifully said. And I think that's a really great place for us to round off this interview because I think that's a perfect, perfect ending. And and Tony, before I let you go, I, I want to give an opportunity because you do have a few different ways for people to kind of connect with you. And so if people are interested in learning more about you and your work, what's the best way for them to do that? Where can they find you? Instagram's the best. I, I am on Instagram more than
1: anything else. My handle is Studio Hazel Eyes. So if anyone wants to talk to me about anything really if they love spirituality talk to me about it if you feel like there's something that you want to put into my heart or you feel like that maybe we can have a dialogue about instagram and especially if you want a piece from me if you want me to paint something for you in my style just call me just message me on instagram and i'll answer
0: awesome well thank you so much tony hazel for coming on art on the air today i really appreciate it
1: thank you so much for this rob i really do appreciate this
0: That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings and worldwide at wruu.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU Station Archives on our website as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week where we'll have another batch of art on the air.